Did you know that today is Easter Sunday for some 200 million Orthodox Christians the world over? Stay tuned. I want to tell you why the Orthodox Church celebrates Easter later than Catholics and Protestants. invite you to join us now for a half hour of inspiration, sharing, and teaching in a new program of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This comes as an outreach of the Logos Ministry for Orthodox Renewal, headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The founder of this ministry of faith is Father Eusebius Stefano, Greek Orthodox priest, author, and evangelist, who has been called by God out of pastoral and professional posts to proclaim the end-time message of salvation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus Christ. Father Stefano comes to share a message of love and hope with both those who have never known Christ and those who are already members of the church but have never experienced the fullness of God's redeeming grace and healing power. At the close of the program, we will give you the address where you can write our evangelist. And now, our speaker and host, Father Eusebius Stefano. As I mentioned at the opening of the program, it's Easter Sunday today in the Orthodox Church, and I want to say blessed and happy Easter to all my Orthodox listeners, Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Ukrainian Orthodox, Romanian Orthodox, Serbian Orthodox, Albanian Orthodox, Bulgarian Orthodox, and Arabic Orthodox. I want to greet all of you out there with a traditional greeting, Christ is risen. Let me say it in Greek, Christos Anesti, and in Slavonic, Christos Voskrese, and to our Romanian Orthodox friends, Christos A Inviat. The church resounds today and throughout the 40-day period that follows with that traditional refrain, Christ has risen from the dead, treading upon death by death and granting life to those in the tombs. And if Christ arose from the dead, then he is alive today, the same yesterday, today, and forever. His divine presence and lordship fills the universe, and he fills your life with that victory joy and that victory power of his resurrection. As I explained in the beginning of the program, the Orthodox Church observes Easter today, one Sunday later than the observance of Catholics and Protestants. And the reason is because the Orthodox Church follows the ancient Christian custom of celebrating Easter after and never before the Jewish Passover. For one thing, at that early age of the Christian church, there were many Christians of Jewish background who celebrated the feast of the Passover as well as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The church wanted to keep the historical and logical sequence of these two major feast days. It might interest you to know, friend, that the Orthodox church to this day uses the word Pascha or Passover 
to refer to Easter. When Orthodox Christians greet one another on Easter, they say, have a happy Passover. They use the Hebrew word, Pascha. The Greeks, for example, will say, Kalopaska, good Easter, good Passover. When they want to ask a friend or relative where he will spend Easter, they will say, where are you going to spend the Passover? This is very significant because this practice demonstrates the marvelous fact that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Jewish Passover. The historical event of the exodus of the Israelites out of the bondage of Egypt with a promised land before them flowing with milk and honey is the shadow in type of that tremendous reality of the sinner's liberation out of the bondage of Satan and of his promised inheritance of the eternal kingdom of heaven. The Pharaoh of Egypt, for example, is the type of Satan. Egypt is a type of the satanic kingdom of darkness. The 400 years of Jewish slavery under, Egyptian, uh, under the Egyptian yoke is a type of the spiritual bondage and condemnation under which the sinner lives. Moses is a type of Jesus. Under the leadership of Moses, the children of Israel made their way out of Egypt. This foreshadows the reality in the New Covenant that under the Lordship of Jesus, God's people who accept that Lordship are led out of spiritual subjugation. The ten plagues that God sent upon Pharaoh and upon the entire land of Egypt that compelled him to release the Jews foreshadowed the supernatural power of the resurrection of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whereby, like Paul says, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The slaying of the Passover lamb and the sprinkling of the doorposts of each Jewish home with the blood of the Passover lamb for protection against the death angel symbolized the emancipation of the sinner from the curse of Adam through the shedding of the precious blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. The Passover lamb is a type of Jesus Christ who became the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. We know and we believe that the death of Jesus Christ crushed the dominion of Satan over man and the power of death. When Jesus gave up the ghost on the cross, he descended into the lower parts, into Hades, and released those held prisoners by Satan. He trampled death by his own death. He stripped Satan of his authority and power. And as scripture puts it, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? My friend, when you accept the finished work of Christ on Calvary, and when you confess his resurrection from the dead, you are set free, free from the grip of Satan. Satan has no more right over you. 
faith in Jesus Christ means to believe that truly he died for your sins and truly he arose from the dead the third day. Faith in Jesus Christ is to appropriate unto yourself what he accomplished 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is life everlasting in Christ Jesus our Lord. To receive Christ into your life as your crucified and risen Savior is to appropriate to yourself the fruits and benefits of Christ's death and resurrection from the dead. You and I can say, and I quote the words of the Apostle John, we know that we have passed from death unto life. Isn't that wonderful? God has translated us out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved Son. That's what Jesus does for you. He moves you out of one realm into another, out of bondage into freedom, out of Egypt land into the promised land that flows with milk and honey, out of hell into heaven, out of death into life, out of despair into hope, out of sorrow into joy, out of defeat into victory, out of darkness into light, out of disease into divine health. If Christians in all the churches were to refer to Easter as Passover, perhaps the meaning of Christ's resurrection would be more real to them. And if Orthodox were true to their heritage, they would use the English term Passover, the English equivalent to the word Pascha. So, instead of saying have a blessed Easter, they should say have a blessed Passover. As a matter of fact, the additional blessing would be that it would provide an effective witness to our Jewish friends who know of only one Passover, the first Passover of the Old Covenant. It would arouse Jewish curiosity and investigation. It would help them to accept Jesus as their Messiah. The use of the term Pascha or Passover is evident in the Easter hymns of the Orthodox Church. And here is one, and I want to read it, one hymn that begins in the Greek with Pascha ieroni means simeron anadedikte, Pascha kenon agion, Pascha mystikon. A sacred Passover has been shown today to us. A new and holy Pascha, that is to say Passover, a mystical Passover, an all venerable Passover, a Passover which is Christ the Redeemer a spotless Passover, a great Passover, a Passover of the, of the believers, a Passover which has opened to us the gates of paradise, a Passover which sanctifies all believers. Another Easter hymn begins with the words, and I mention them in the Greek first, Pascha Toterpnon, Pascha Kiriu Pascha, Pascha Pansevasmion Iminanetilen, Pascha en chara alilus periptixometha o Pascha litron lipis. That's translated as follows. O Passover of delight, a Passover of the Lord, an all venerable Passover has dawned upon us, a Passover on which let us embrace one another with joy, a O Passover ransom from sorrow, from the tomb as from a bridal chamber, Christ today shines forth and fill the women with joy, saying, Proclaim it to the apostles. Think about it, friend. Easter involves a Passover. In other words, it involves a passage, an exodus, 
an exodus out of one place into another, out of one condition, one state into another, out of one lordship into another lordship. Easter involves a move, that's right, action. It involves a change. Those Israelites under Egyptian bondage responded in obedience and trust to the plan Moses received from God. They trusted in the promises of God that they would be led into the land of Canaan that flowed with milk and honey. And the milk and honey symbolized the unutterable joy and sweetness of heaven because heaven is the eternal promised land that God leads you into when you accept his plan for your spiritual liberation. I want to ask you, my beloved, are you living with the awareness of this tremendous reality today? You are a professing Christian and a member of the church. All right. You are baptized and you might even be receiving the Holy Communion at the liturgy. Very well. But can you say with certainty that yes, I have a deep awareness that Jesus Christ has moved me out of death into life. I know Christ and the power of his resurrection. His resurrection life is real for me. I sense the reality that Jesus has infused his resurrection life into me. I have arisen out of death into what the Apostle Paul calls the newness of life. There is something new about it, my friend. There is something fresh about this new resurrection life. Something exciting. Are you excited about it? I want to tell you something, friend. Hear me on this, please. You could be living the orthodoxy of the dead letter, and you don't even realize it. But God wants you to live the orthodoxy of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. The orthodoxy of the Spirit is the resurrection life of the risen Savior. It is the Eucharistic life, which is not merely theology, but is actual experience. Nothing could be more tragic than to be a baptized Orthodox Christian and to share in the sacramental life and yet never make it into that eternal promised land, never to rise into the glory of heaven. Oh, friend, I care for you. I love you. That's why I'm warning you not to content yourself with religious routine and just going through the religious motions. Be careful. The Apostle Paul says that we should serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now, Orthodox Christians have a wonderful custom of greeting one another on Easter Day and for a period of 40 days following Easter with the words, Christ is risen, Christos Anesti. The greeting is always answered with, truly he is risen, Arithos Anesti. But so many of us utter that beautiful greeting mechanically. We really don't feel and sense what we're saying. Remember, that greeting is a proclamation. It is a confession of faith. It is a testimony of belief. I beg of you, Orthodox friend, don't live the letter only of orthodoxy that kills. Live the orthodoxy of the Holy Spirit that quickens. Experience the joy, experience the power, experience the victory that you have because of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a child of God and one who possesses the earnest of the Spirit, the Aravona to Pnevmatos, be an overcomer spiritually, mentally, and physically. Let every aspect of your life be flooded by that tremendous resurrection power. Let it flow into your soul and body as the very divine life of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The victorious life is the resurrection life. It is the abundant life that Jesus came into the world to bring us. He said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it in abundance. The Greek original text says, Ina perison echosin. That means over and above what you need. You have life, superfluous life, beyond the point of sufficiency. An overflowing measure of life. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Listen to me, friend. If you want to enjoy good health, physical and mental health, make certain that you have tapped the source, the risen Christ. He desires to infuse his resurrection life into your soul and into your body. He desires to fill you with his quickening, life-giving, sanctifying spirit. It's yours just for the asking. Claim the unfailing promise of Jesus. So often we make the blessings of God seem so elusive, so remote, so inaccessible, and too many of us agonize all our life to receive a, a few crumbs from God's divine bounty. Yet, dear friend, the evidence we have in the New Testament shows beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus, as a rule, honored the faith of those who came to him with needs. Immediately, he responded immediately to their needs. He would say, and I quote from the scripture, be it done unto you according to your faith. Take what is coming to you because of your faith. The response to faith was instantaneous. That really impresses me, friend. That really impresses me. Jesus never imposed laborious conditions and demands upon the sick, upon the lame, upon the blind, upon the deaf and dumb that came to him for healing and for deliverance. He never said, come back tomorrow or come back after two or three days until your faith gets stronger. Come back later until you travail a little bit in hope and expectation. That really is something. All Jesus looked for was faith in fact, as small as a mustard seed in order to remove the mountains of bondage, the mountains of sin and disease. Things would happen instantly in the presence of Jesus. Isn't that marvelous? It really impresses me. The evangelists describe the miraculous healings and deliverances as taking place, and I quote, instantly. The Greek text has the word ephaos, ephaos, and it's translated in the King James Version as straightforward. In other words, immediately, right away, the miraculous healing would take place right away, immediately, immediately right then and there. All I want to tell you, friend, is that Jesus loves you. 
just as he loved all those men and women that we read about in the Bible that were healed and ministered to by Jesus. He is the same. He is the same Jesus Christ yesterday and today and forever. Jesus never changes. And what he did 2,000 years ago, he's going to do today for you. Jesus will treat you just as he treated the needy, just as he treated the afflicted men and women during his earthly ministry 2,000 years ago. The, his attitude, the attitude of Christ, and his approach is the same. His conditions are the same. His requirements are the same. All Jesus Christ asks of you is to come to him, believing that he is who he is. That is to say, the crucified and risen Son of the living God. Go to him and tell him your needs. Reveal your needs to him sincerely and humbly. But repent of your sins so that Jesus might give you his forgiveness. Get out of your religious stalemate, friend. Don't be a, a retarded child of God. Move on. Move forward. Like Joshua said near the end of his life, after winning much of the promised land from the enemy inhabitants, he said, there is much more land to be possessed. Don't live like you got it all from God already. Don't put limits on God's living. There is more. There is more to receive from God. There is much more land to be possessed. God is telling you today, don't live with crumbs when God wants to give you the whole loaf. I want to ask you a question, my friend. If you were to die today, this moment, if your heart were to stop beating, are you certain that you would be translated into the presence of the risen Christ? Do you have that certainty? that you would not be in the unquenchable fire of hell? How could you live, even for a moment, not having the joy of that assurance that the Apostle Paul had when he said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's the kind of certainty God wants to give you. The Lord wants you to live that resurrection life in the here and now. Invite Jesus to come into your heart today. There is no better time to do this than on Easter Sunday. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever believeth and liveth shall never die. Open your heart, my friend, this very moment, and tell Jesus, Yes, Lord, I do believe and I do confess that you died and you arose from the dead for me, a sinner. Come on in, Jesus. Come on into my heart and pour your resurrection life 
into my soul, into my body, that I might enjoy spiritual and physical victory in this present life. I want to tell you something, friend. Heaven isn't all on the other side of the grave. Heaven starts here. If you haven't tasted the milk and honey from now, how do you expect to find it when you die? God gives you a generous sampling of heaven while you are still living this earthly existence. No man, woman, or devil can deprive you of it so long as you keep in obedience to God and have a close walk with Jesus, studying and meditating in his word day and night. No set of circumstances, however painful, can rob you of the victory that you have by reason of Christ's resurrection. You are invincible when you remain empty of self and totally surrender to Jesus. My friend, don't live a dead orthodoxy. Make your orthodoxy come alive. There's no better time to make a new start than on Easter Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. The psalmist says, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the appointed hour. Now we are running out of time and I want to pray for you before I leave you today. Let your heart be sensitive and open up as I offer a word of prayer. Just come to the Lord with a humble spirit. Give him the opportunity to touch your life in a new way to release his resurrection, newness of life into you. Just receive what the Lord wants to give you. He wants to minister to you. He wants to minister to your need, to make himself real in your life so that you might enjoy the fullness of your spiritual inheritance. Now you just bow your head with closed eyes. I'm going to pray. Jesus, there is a man, a woman out there who has never experienced the joy and the power of your resurrection. I pray, Lord, that you would re reveal yourself to that man, to that woman, even now. Ignite the fire of your Holy Spirit in their hearts. Heal that sickness in their body. By your resurrection life, this very moment, breathe your quickening spirit Spirit into that man, into that woman. I pray this in the most precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Christos Anesti. Christ is risen. May the grace of the risen Christ be yours in all abundance. God bless you. We thank you for having joined Father Stefanu in this new broadcast of Inspiration and Faith. We hope you will tune in again next week for another half hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is made possible by the free will offerings of the viewers. Your prayerful and financial support is vital to the continuance of this telecast.